Hello everyone, this is Stephen Strang and welcome to my God, Trump, and the 2020 election podcast. It's the podcast that goes along with my book by the same title that came out in January in which I uh, make the argument that Donald Trump must win because of everything that is at stake, especially uh, it's going to be bad for Christians, uh, you know, in ways that I've articulated on another podcast and I'll talk about in this one. But today I want to talk about what you can learn from Donald Trump's life. And you're probably thinking, what in the world is he talking about? Well, stay tuned because you'll learn. And what I'm going to do is share what I shared at a banquet that I spoke at last week in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, My friend John Beaner, who owns a company called Wise Counsel, which are groups, uh, small groups, uh, mostly of business people, kind of, I'm going to call it a mastermind group. There are different groups like this around the country. Most of them are secular. His is Christian-oriented. And uh, I actually was in Wise Council for a number of years. And before that, I was in what was called the Executive Committee back in the 80s when I was just kind of getting started. And that's how I got to know John Beaner. And we've remained friends over the years. And he invited me to come up and speak. He put on a two-day conference for Wise Council. And they started with a banquet the first evening. And because the election's coming up, he invited me to come up. So I drove up there and met some really nice people. And, you know, I, I knew because I know John and because I know that most, in fact, almost all sincere conservative Christians uh, back Donald Trump. The ones who call themselves evangelicals who don't are really pretty liberal and they, you know, they maintain that they're evangelicals. Maybe they grew up that way. Maybe they, you know, still adhere to the two or three concepts about needing to be born again and so forth. But basically, in my opinion, evangelicals who are for Biden have embraced everything that the left is for, which now more and more is socialism, a radical environmental agenda, either support or just being sympathetic of the protest and rioters and looters, calling everybody and his brother a racist, whether or not they really are. I mean, all these things, including, of course, abortion up to the time of birth, radical ideas about uh, gender and sexuality, even bathrooms, you know, that can be used by people who think they're the other gender. You know, a lot of this craziness have been, has been going the last year. And if you vote for Biden, to me, you're, you're embracing all that stuff. And I'm just explaining why I differentiate between conservative, Bible-believing Christians who are really trying to follow Jesus as best as they can and people that are really becoming more and more like the world. You know, when I was a kid, they used to call it worldly. Uh, we hardly hear that term anymore. And, you know, that's a whole different discussion. But I'm just explaining that when I went to speak in Jacksonville, I wondered, what can I tell these people that they don't already know? I figured that most of them were supporters of Donald Trump. And based on the feedback I got, they really were. They seemed to appreciate what I had to say. But, you know, I I talk about some of the issues and, you know, why I wrote the book. And then I said, you know, I know that most of you guys already Uh, believe this. And, but then I talked about what is Donald Trump really like? And in my book, God Trump in the 2020 election, 
which, by the way, you can get on my website called stevestrangbooks.com. More about that later. I have a chapter on what is he really like. I have a chapter, a Trump in his own words, in which I even quote a lot of his tweets and different speeches that he's made, and also promises made, promises kept. And, but I focused on what is Donald Trump really like. Now, I interviewed him in 2016. I had occasion to talk to him on the telephone one time since then. But obviously, I don't know him well. Although I was struck by how respectful he was, how focused he was on our interview, and how he gave me good, solid answers and seemed to appreciate the support he gets from the Christian community. But other people who see him day-to-day in the White House say that he says, thank you a lot. People around him who he knows and trusts and likes, he builds up. But he also is a disruptor, as everybody knows. And a lot of what people dislike about Donald Trump is because he's a disruptor. Remember that the same people who despised Donald Trump loved him when he was basically known as a billionaire ladies' man in New York, he was, you know, fairly liberal at one point. Uh, they never called him a racist. They never charged him with all the things they charge him with now. It was only when he became a conservative Republican and ran for office and started uh, upsetting the status quo, even in Washington, what we now call the deep state. You know, the White House and The House and Senate go back and forth between control by the Republicans or Democrats with some regularity, but not much happens that's different. But Donald Trump is different, so people dislike him for that reason. But also, Donald Trump stands up against the bullies in the media and in the Democratic Party, and they are bullies. There's nothing else you can call them but being bullies when they're just in your face and use the F-bomb and everything else and distort what he says and call him a racist when he's anything but. He's done more for the black community than really any other president, including Barack Obama. Conservative blacks uh, trumpet this loud and clear, but you know the media tends to ignore them and to marginalize them and sometimes even try to shame them because they're not in the, how is it they say, on the democratic plantation, like most of the African-American community is. Again, that's a discussion for another day, and I've discussed it before. But in the process of him standing up against all this stuff, he is as tough as nails. Now, why is he as tough as nails? Well, it's because of his background, how he was raised. His father was a kind of a self-made millionaire, And, you know, so Donald Trump did grow up with a silver spoon in his mouth, as they say. But his father also started him off on the right track, helped him get started in business, no question about it. But most parents will help their children at whatever level they're at if they're able to. So I don't fault him for that at all. And Donald Trump, you know, they call him the blue-collar billionaire because really he relates to working people. He's had to go out and and work hard to build his real estate empire and all the other things that he's done over the years. You know, they tell stories about how he would go out to the work site and he would get to know the workers individually, how he would encourage them, all these kinds of things. But to survive in the construction business and the real estate business, especially in New York City, you have to be as tough as nails. You have to be tough just to live in New York City. 
and put up with the crowds and the traffic and the crime and the everything else. Well, don't you know that when he was coming up in New York real estate and getting tough, he was being prepared for being president? Now, you know, there was some discussion going back a number of years. You can go on YouTube, as I did, and see some of it. You know, people would ask him if he was ever going to run for president. And, you know, he usually, you know, denied it. He apparently thought about it fairly seriously as a third-party candidate in the year 2000. And then he thought about it again in uh, 2012. I write about this in several of my books on how he reached out to some uh, preacher friends of Paula White Cain, and he said he wanted them to really pray on if he should run. He wasn't going to ask their support. He really wanted them to pray. And I go into this kind of side of Donald Trump. Uh, He does seem to appreciate prayer. There was actually a prayer call on Sunday of this week. Uh, It was on Facebook Live, believe it or not, and I actually tuned in. It said that there were 24,000 people on when I was on, so that was a few more than watched my Facebook Live. But there were a number of people who prayed, and the president came on the camera line and made some remarks and talked about how prayer was important to him and so forth. But getting back to what he's like, In the early 2000s, he got much more serious about life and I think started running for president or thinking about running for president because he was concerned about the direction of the country, as I am, and as are most of the people who actually support him. And he walked away from a pretty nice lifestyle. (laughs) You know, he even donates his salary back to the government and uh, a lot, you know, at least as far as he's concerned, you know, he has no contact at all with his businesses and you know he, and he puts up with this abuse every single day he's attacked every single day so here is the question that i'm posing all of us have problems all of us have to be toughened up so what is god preparing you for look at your problems differently and realize that you're probably being prepared for something big down the line. Is it possible you might be president someday? I mean, (laughs) think about that. But I think that if you realize that God is preparing us for other things that are bigger and better and greater, it helps us to put up with the affliction that we're going through right now. You know, there's just one more thing I want to say about Donald Trump, and I shared this out of my God and Donald Trump book, the first one of the series, about how he was influenced growing up as a Presbyterian in Queens. His his family were regular churchgoers. His mother was a very devout Presbyterian. As a young adult, they shifted over to Marble Collegiate Church on Manhattan Island, pastored by Norman Vincent Peale for about 50 years. He was famous You know, he wrote many books. The Power of Positive Thinking was the best. And in one of his books, in fact, his autobiography, he writes about Donald Trump. And Donald Trump and his family got involved in the church, and there were some negotiations having to do with real estate, having to do with an endowment for the church. And Donald Trump had been very instrumental. And there was a setting in which Norman Vincent Peale was thanking Donald Trump and his father, Fred Trump, and also commenting about how he was friends with Donald Trump. Interestingly, Donald Trump kind of hosted 
Norman Vincent Peale's 90th birthday party. They were, they were that close uh, toward the end of his life. So in his autobiography, Norman Vincent Peale tells about how he was very introverted. He did not think well of himself, and he had a teacher who said, you know, you'd go a lot farther in life if you would be more outgoing and if you would be more of a positive thinker. And it really changed the course of his life. And of course, he taught many other people to do it. And then he writes about Donald Trump. I'm quoting this out of God and Donald Trump. Donald Trump has never needed much encouragement to feel good about himself. But he took Peel's message to heart, and the two men remained good friends for many years. In his autobiography, Peel made a remarkable assessment of the qualities of Donald Trump. He said, quote, Positive thinkers are bound to be positive doers. They are achievers and winners. And I've noted that they have non-irritating, those strong personalities. I had the opportunity to be in on some church negotiations in which Donald was firm but polite and considerate in pursuing the goals he had set. In his quiet, somewhat low-key, but persistent way, he attained for the church one of the greatest assurances of long-term financial stability in its history. And then later he writes this, quote, Characteristically, Fred Trump, his father, acclaimed this contribution to the ongoing welfare of the church by saying, quote, Donald knows how to do it. And then Donald said, quote, All I know, Father taught me. Adding his usual admiring remark, My father is a very great gentleman. Peel then mentioned several of Donald Trump's business successes and concluded, quote, Donald Trump's career has only just begun. But what a beginning. Surely he is one of America's top positive thinkers and positive doers. End quote. Now, I just thought that was very interesting, a foreshadowing of things to come, and in some ways even prophetic. Norman Vincent Peale, who died uh, in the early 1990s, of course, never would have thought that Donald Trump would be president someday. But Donald Trump was being prepared I believe by God, because if you read my books, I make the case, which is backed up by a lot of Christian leaders, that God raised up Donald Trump for this hour. So think about it. How is God preparing you, and what is he preparing you for? The things that you're going through are probably preparation for bigger and better it's something about Donald Trump that I don't hear very many people say. In fact, I don't specifically remember hearing someone making this point. But it's what I shared at the banquet. Of course, I was speaking mostly to business people, most of them highly successful. And they seemed to really resonate with, with my message. So I decided to do a podcast, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope this makes you want to read my books. Uh, we're getting a good response on my own website, which is called stevestrangbooks.com. That's my name, stevestrangbooks, with an S, dot com. And, of course, the book is also widely available other places as well, along with the sequel called God, Trump, and COVID-19, which I wrote in the month of April because the pandemic affected, you know, not only the whole world, but our 2020 election and uh, you'll want to check that out, too, as well as the early ones, God and Donald Trump, which I mentioned, the follow-up uh, Trump Aftershock, which is the longest and most 
academic and probably the best written. And you can buy them in bundles. I sign every copy. And that part of it is an incentive to come to our own website. It's easy to navigate. I've gone on the website and bought books myself, partly to see, you know, get the user experience. And it's very, very nice. The staff does a very good job with that. So with that, I'll wrap up this edition of God, Trump, and the 2020 election. Thank you for listening. Remember that we're only 21 days away from the most important election of our lifetime. Be sure to vote and to encourage others to vote. Oh,